All right, I think we'll go ahead and get started. A minute ago when there was like three people in here, I thought maybe I shouldn't have said we're doing a class on prayer because nobody wants to be um, beaten over the head about their prayer life. And it's not going to happen today or next week, so uh, you don't need to worry about that. Um, let me pray as we begin, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about um, what we're going to be doing today and, and the next several Sundays. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the great privilege we have to call you Father. We pray that as we look at the Lord's Prayer this week and next, and some of the prayers of Paul in the following weeks, that you would uh, help us, Lord, as we um, want to have a vibrant prayer life. It's often a struggle for us. Would you encourage us, instruct us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Uh, the next, so this Sunday and then the three following Sundays, we're going to be talking about prayer. And so this week and next, uh, the Lord's Prayer. So it'll be part one, part two. And then the final two weeks, we'll be uh, looking at different prayers from Paul's letters. You know, he often begins his letters with a, a pretty lengthy prayer for the church uh, to whom he's writing. And they're, they're very instructive. Um, Today, like I said, we'll begin looking at the, the Lord's Prayer, but we're only going to get one phrase in, so um, next week we'll, we'll finish. But I want to begin by just talking about why, why would we do a class on prayer. A um, so, few different reasons. Um, prayer is important. I don't really need to, to argue that. Um, but prayer is essential to the Christian life. Matthew Henry, um, one of the, a Puritan um, pastor, uh, maybe you've read some of his commentary, Bible commentaries, he said, you may as soon find a living man that does not breathe as a living Christian that does not pray. So he's saying, you know, you can't live without oxygen, um, can't live as a Christian, can't live... Uh, without prayer. Um, you know, prayer is not merely a duty. It, it's really a lifeline. Um, it's, it's a way to reconnect with God, a way to slow down, pause, and receive fresh grace from Him for the, the day's challenges. Um, so, you know, we don't want to just think of it as like, that's another thing on my list that I need to do each day. It's a lifeline. Um, Tim Keller uh, said, wrote a great book about prayer called Prayer, and um, he says it's the prayer, it's the main way we experience deep change, the reordering of our loves. Prayer is how, how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things he has for us. It's the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God. Uh, prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. So again, it's you know viewing prayer not just as um, a religious duty, but but a way of life for uh, for us as Christians, essential uh, to our lives as Christians. So so we're going to talk about prayer because prayer is important, um, but also because prayer is difficult. Uh, it, it's quite difficult. Um, I I think. Nearly everything else in the Christian life is easier than praying well. Um, I, I think it's probably safe to say prayer is a struggle to some degree or another. 
for most of us, if not all of us. You know, it's some of it's just the challenge of setting aside time. You know, it, we're busy. Um, if you have to get up early and commute to work, it's a challenge to, you know, you've got a million things you got to do in the morning before you get out onto the road. Um, so setting aside time is difficult if you're, you know, a young parent taking care of very active kids, you know, when do you ever get time to yourself? Um, consistency and discipline, really, really difficult. You know, some of us, maybe at the beginning of the year, we said, we say, okay, New Year's resolution, I'm going to pray more. And maybe, you know, for a few weeks it, it goes okay. And then, you know, you kind of uh, uh, give up on it eventually. Consistency and discipline are difficult. Um, falling into ruts, you know, maybe you do have some kind of consistent prayer time, but it's just kind of become um, just kind of a a chore. You know, it's like the same same kind of prayers every day. Lord, bless my day. Lord, help me. <laughs> and 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 if that's all, you know, if like you're desperate and you're struggling, and that's the only thing you can pray, that's great. But if it's you know, it's just become routine that can be a problem um knowing what to pray can be a challenge um and i think you know most of us want a vibrant prayer life you know if we're christian people we want we want to have meaningful prayer times consistent prayer times but we need help um we need direction and so uh the goal of this class is not to make you feel guilty about your prayer life okay um, if that happens, I'm not trying to do that. Craig won't be trying to do that. But, um, you know, most of us probably feel guilty enough. I don't need to lay it on any heavier. <laughs> you know, the, um, our own conscience, you know, does that. Um, what we want to do in this class is provide some helpful direction, some uh, motivation, gospel motivation, and encouragement in prayer. So, uh, we really want this to be a an encouraging time, not just, you know, you're so bad at prayer, do better. Um, before I get any further, I want to see if anybody wants to weigh in on this question. Um, what do you, what's difficult about prayer for you? And Nevin's got the microphone, but Hank said distractions. Yeah, that's tough. You know, um, often when I sit down to pray, my mind, it's like all of a sudden my mind becomes very, um, I just remember all these other things that, that need to happen. Maybe overly concerned about being presumptuous. Presumpt, okay. Being overly concerned about being presumptuous. What else? It wasn't modeled for me in my home when I, as I grew up. Okay. And so it's modeled for me here and in different settings. But just uh, like I've got the idea of reading my Bible, but specifically not really besides just all the time talking. Mm-hmm. Which is that's a wonderful thing. Uh, Caleb, wait for the mic. A lot of times it's just assuming God already knows my problems. I don't need to go to him for them. 
so I just avoid it for some reason. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's actually probably more common than, than you might think. Maybe one more. All right. Um, yeah, those are all, you know, challenges that things that make prayer difficult. Um, and I'm sure you could think of other other reasons as well. So we're going to talk about prayer because it's important, because it's difficult. We need help. We need direction. Um, why why the Lord's prayer? So as we're talking about prayer, why are we going to spend two weeks talking about the Lord's prayer? Um, let me give you a few reasons, three reasons. Um, one, it's an ancient prayer. Um, uh, one commentator said, the Lord's Prayer, the words of the Lord's Prayer are probably the most recited words in human history. Um, Christians have been praying this prayer for nearly 2,000 years, and so it's, it's stood the test of time. I mean, it's, it's also Holy Scripture, so, um, but it has, it has proven to be a, a helpful prayer. So it's ancient, but it's also a model prayer. Um, you know, the disciples in, in the Gospel of Luke, they, they come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he says, pray like this, and gives them the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's not the only prayer we can pray, but it's a, it models what a, a healthy prayer looks like. It models the kinds of um, petitions and priorities that ought to to mark our prayer life. And, um, you know, there's two parts to it. Uh, the And you probably know this. The, the first part is uh, a series of God-centered petitions. So God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. So it begins with a focus on, on God and His glory and His kingdom and, and that kind of thing. And then it moves on to a series of need-oriented petitions. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us. Um, uh, protect us. And so it, it models a, a healthy balance, um, proper priorities, um, helpful, uh, proper concerns. So it's, it's an ancient prayer. It's a model for us. Uh, it's also a helpful prayer. And what I mean by this is, you know, sometimes when I pray, I'm sleepy, and and thoughts and ideas don't come very readily. <laughs> I'm like, I sit down to pray, and it's like, okay, I'm half asleep. Um, sometimes I'm overwhelmed when I pray, and it's difficult to to even articulate kind of what's going on and what I think I need from the Lord. Uh, sometimes I'm anxious. And uh, being alone with my thoughts is actually a recipe for just rumination and all kinds of misery. <laughs> it's like prayer is supposed to be helpful and it actually becomes this like torture time. Um, sometimes I'm busy and it's difficult to slow down and focus. Um, Paul himself in Romans 8 says that we don't always know what to pray. <laughs> you have an apostle saying, Sometimes it just escapes us what we ought to pray. Um, and so we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time we pray. And so uh, later I'm going to talk about some helpful ways to use the Lord's Prayer, but reciting the Lord's Prayer 
um, can help me enter into a, a meaningful time of prayer. Not just merely reciting the words, but you know, as I start to recite the words, it, it gives me um, words to speak to God. It gives me avenues to explore in prayers. Oh yeah, what do I need today? I need, Lord, please give me this. Um, you know, it, it's helpful when it's when you find prayer difficult for any number of reasons. So. Um, today we're going to start looking at the Lord's Prayer, and we're only going to get to the the what's called the address, our Father in Heaven. Um, what I want to do, I want to just read the whole thing first. But uh, in Ma- I'm going to use the version in, in Matthew six from the Sermon on the Mount, where you know Jesus kind of chastises the way the Pharisees pray. They just pray in public to be seen by others as very pious, righteous people. And Jesus says, don't do that. You know, and and don't don't pray like pagans who have no um, real relationship with their God and think if they just, you know, kind of overwhelm him with words and, and use every different title they can think of for, for their God, they'll somehow cajole their God into paying attention to them. He says, you don't need to do that. Your Father in heaven knows what you need even before you ask him. And then he says uh, in verse, Matthew 6, verse 9, Pray then like this. And he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in, in the course of church history, there's a helpful ending that's been added to, to the Lord's Prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that, that's the, the model prayer that Jesus gives. And it, it begins with the address. Our Father in heaven. So uh, this isn't a, a petition. Uh, those come later. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, and so forth. Uh, the prayer actually kind of begins with a pause, you could say. And we linger over God's identity. And not just his identity, but our relationship as Christian people um, to the God to whom we're praying. And I think uh, Jesus does this very deliberately. Um, he wants us to recognize that the God to whom we pray is not merely the creator. He is creator of heaven and earth. He's not merely the Lord God Almighty. He is. He's sovereign over all things. Uh, he is our Father. Very important. I mean, that's not the only way you can refer to God, but, but in this model prayer, Jesus wants us to, to begin by recognizing this unique relationship we have to the God who created us. He's our Father in heaven. We'll talk uh, in a moment more about what that means, but you know, the, the idea of father is not necessarily pleasant for, for everyone. You know, um, all earthly fathers are broken, sinful uh, people, yet many are decent fathers. You know, even um, 
despite their brokenness and sinfulness. You know, Jesus in Luke chapter 11, when he's talking about prayer, he says, you know, which father if his son asks for, I forget the order of these things, but, you know, if he asks for an egg, you know, his father's going to give him a scorpion, or he asks for, I forget what the other piece of food was, he's going to give him a, a serpent. And he's like, if, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your father in heaven? Um, so even, you know, broken, sinful fathers can be decent fathers, but, but some aren't. Uh, you know, absent, maybe they died, um, maybe they took off. Uh, some are critical, judgmental, you know, self-absorbed, violent even. And so maybe thinking of God as father is, is challenging because you think, my father, and you think, well, that just brings up images of that, that earthly father that was such a you know, terrible person. But it's important, I think, that Jesus says, our father in heaven, which is this key distinction. Um, God is not anything like the earthly, sinful, deadbeat fathers that we might know. Um, he's our father in heaven, the, the realm of perfection and beauty and glory and righteousness and love and goodness and grace. And to say, our Father in heaven, we're acknowledging this, this God who is our Father is good, always good, always does good to his children. He's compassionate, not harsh. Uh, Psalm 103, 13 says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So one thing that should come to mind when we think about God as Father is compassion. He's a God who shows compassion, a heavenly Father who shows compassion to, to weak children, wayward children, uh, needy children. Um, he's gracious, not demanding, uh, kind, not malicious, um, protects his children instead of endangering his children. You know, he's our Father in heaven, even if you had an earthly father that wasn't you know, a great model, you can probably still imagine what an ideal father should be, could be. And, and our Father in heaven exceeds those, even those standards, those ideals that we have uh, so much better. So um, it might be challenging for some of you to linger on... Um, or relating to God as Father, and that's all the more reason to stop and, and pause and linger on what God's fatherhood looks like, what sets him apart as our Father in heaven. You want to learn to distance you know, God from any distorted human uh, representation of him that maybe you've encountered. Um, now, if your father was a great father, or even just a, a good father, that, that's great. Um, you got little glimpses of what it might mean for God to be, for, of God's fatherhood. And, and even if, you know, your father was just, you know, couldn't have asked for a better father, um, your father in heaven is so much better. <laughs> so much better than even your earthly father. So, this address, we, we begin with our Father in heaven. And there's, there's three 
I mean, I could probably come up with ten things, but there's three things I want to just kind of draw out about that. Uh, one, when we pray our Father in heaven, we're praying with God's family. So notice the language there. It's not individualistic. It's it's corporate and and community oriented. It's not my father, my daily bread, um, my debts. It's our father. Give us our daily bread. Forgive our debts. Um, in other words, plural, first person plural, not first person singular. Um, when we pray our Father in heaven, we're praying as part of a community, uh, really a family, of brothers and sisters in Christ who all share the same Father in heaven. And so we, we want to pray not just for ourselves, and don't hear me at all saying, don't be selfish, don't pray for your own needs. I mean, the Lord's Prayer says we should pray for our needs. But with a view of not just ours exclusively, mine exclusively, but this family we're a part of. I mean, of course, most, you know, the nearest circle would be, you know, immediate local church family, but you also have Christian friends um, elsewhere. You know of um, Christian people elsewhere. Um, Their needs and concerns um, and, and our life together as disciples um, should be a part of our prayer life. That, that's what it means to pray our Father. Uh, it's also encouraging to realize we pray with God's family. You know, as I, when I sit down to pray, I, I don't kneel most of the time. Um, you know, if I sit down to pray, I realize I, I'm not the only one right now going to God in prayer. I mean, I I know that there's other people from Grace Bible Church praying. I know that there's brothers and sisters around the world um, going to God in prayer and that he's eager to answer his children's prayers. And there's all these different needs. Um, Thankfully, you know, Jesus says in the right before the the passage we read, you know, your father in heaven already knows what you need. Um, We go to him anyway. But we're praying as part of this this large family. Now, uh, we not only pray with God's family, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, one of the things that often bothers people about the Lord's Prayer, I think they get a little too um, nitpicky. <laughs> uh, they say, well, it doesn't say anything about praying in Jesus' name. you know." Uh, and we typically finish our prayers with, in Jesus' name, amen. And there's nothing here about Jesus' name. And I want to say there's everything here about G- praying in Jesus' name. Praying our Father in heaven is praying in Jesus' name. He's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus tells his disciples he's my Father and your Father, and pray to your Father in heaven. To call God Father is to pray in the authority of Jesus Christ, the right that he gave us as adopted sons and daughters of God, adopted through him. Uh, we, We pray... We wouldn't dare to call God Father unless Jesus had told us to. Um, because he gave us the, the right to. Uh, John Calvin wrote a lot about the, the Lord's Prayer, and he said, Who would break forth into such rashness as to claim for himself the honor of a son of God, or you could say daughter of God, 
unless we had been adopted as children of grace in Christ. Um, you know, Father is Jesus' own preferred way of, of referring to God in prayer. Um, just about every time we, we hear Jesus praying in the Gospels, he, he addresses God as Father. Uh, the only time that he does not, that I, I'm, yeah, I think the only time he does not is that cry of dereliction on the cross, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, even later that day, later, you know, hours later at the crucifixion, he says, Father, into your hands, I, I commit my spirit. Um, you know, Jesus had this unique relationship to the Father as, as God the Son, God the Son incarnate. But it's a, a relationship we now share as adopted sons and daughters. So, you know, you, you might hear us sometimes talk about Jesus as our elder brother. You know, the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus being our our elder brother, and we're part of the same family as, as brothers and sisters. And so um, praying our Father is praying in Jesus' name without saying those exact words. Uh, you realize you don't have to say the words in Jesus' name to make your prayer a legitimate prayer, right? You realize that. It, it's the idea we come to God through Jesus. Now, saying in Jesus' name, amen, is a helpful way of acknowledging that. But uh, Christian prayer does not, you know, it's not like if you leave off those words, somehow God's like, <laughs> not listening. <laughs> um, all right, so we, we, we pray with God's family uh, that when we call God our Father, we're acknowledging we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. We pray in Jesus' name. You know, we wouldn't call God Father um, unless Jesus had given us the right to do so. Um, and we pray as God's children. And I, and I think this is really important for us. We pray, calling God our Father means we're praying as children of God, not as orphans. And so Jesus gave examples of, of what orphan prayer sounds like you know just earlier matthew 6 7 and 8 you know the empty phrases um, lots of words not that you can't use lots of words in your prayers Um, what jesus is talking about when he says don't just you know use vain repetition and all that he's not talking about he's not prohibiting repetition in your prayers i mean have you ever read the psalms very repetitive have you ever read psalm 136 Every other line is the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. <laughs> Repetition's not bad. Uh, so it's not a prohibition against repetition or lengthy prayers. I mean, you, you read like Daniel's prayers or Nehemiah's prayers in, in Scripture. They're quite lengthy. Um, what Jesus is saying is don't pray like pagans, like orphans, people who don't have God as, as their father. They, they try to manipulate a remote deity. See, their God doesn't care anything about them. They don't really care anything about their God either. He's just more powerful than they are, and so they need to kind of get things from him. And so they, you know, uh, you, you think of the prophets of Baal in, with Elijah on, Mar- on Mount Carmel. Is it Mount Carmel, right? Um, and they're just, you know, in, in uh, First Kings we read, they're just like, 
calling, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, oh, Baal, oh, Baal. And like, they think if they say his name enough times, he's somehow going to pay attention to them. And, and Elijah, man, he's hilarious. He's like, maybe your God's off in the bathroom. <laughs> maybe he's asleep. Um, you know, orphan, you know, the orphan prayers are, I've got, there's this powerful being out there. He doesn't really care about me, but if I just annoy him enough, maybe he'll do what I'm asking. Um, somehow, if I just use the right incantation, I will convince a reluctant God to do something for me. Um, orphans don't have anyone looking out for them. But Jesus says in, in Matthew 6, 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. I mean, he knows. He knows it all. He, he knows you better than yourself. He knows what your needs are. He's looking out for you. He's concerned for you. And so you don't need to go through some song and dance routine to get him to pay attention to you. Uh, the, you know, the Lord, your Lord, neither sleeps nor slumbers. You know, he keeps watch over his people all the time. Um, so this, the beginning of this prayer, our Father, it's a reminder that we have a Father in heaven. He, he knows you. He, he knows you better than yourself. He, he looks after you. He knows what you need, and he's eager to give it to you. Um, he's, uh, I think it's the Book of Common Prayer, says he's more eager or more ready to hear than we are to pray. He's inclined to give more than we, desire, than we either desire or deserve. We're not trying to squeeze out a little drop of blessing from some Scrooge deity um, off in space somewhere. Uh, We're praying as children of grace to a father of grace. And so that means we're, we're adopted sons and daughters. To call God Father means we're recognizing our adoption as sons and daughters through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the huge privilege of being Christians. I was listening to um, a a talk that Sinclair Ferguson gave. Um, I was listening to it this week. It's from a few years ago. And uh, if you don't know Sinclair Ferguson, um, Scottish theologian, you know, he's got that just that beautiful Scottish accent. Like he could be talking about anything and it'd probably sound interesting. Um, but just, uh, you know, he, he often in his sermons will, will end with uh, something along the lines of, isn't it just such an amazing privilege to be a son or daughter of God? Isn't being a Christian just the most wonderful thing in the world because of the privileges we have of access to our Father in heaven? And, you know, when we call God Father, we're we're recognizing, or we should be recognizing, that we're no less loved than God's own beloved Son. You know, Jesus prayed to his Father in heaven, and we get to pray to the same Father in heaven. Um, God loves us the way he loves his own Son. That's what it means to be a son or daughter of, of God. Um, J.I. Packer, when he's talking about this, um, he says this gives us, uh, he, he says, boundless confidence. He says both when praying and in all of life. 
You know, often what we say about prayer is often is true of the whole Christian life as well. So we talk about the privilege of access to God in prayer. The whole of the Christian life is is privilege. We have boundless confidence to go to God in prayer, but just in general, in living the Christian life as an adopted son or daughter, um, just boundless confidence. Um, do you ever go to God in prayer, or maybe don't go to God in prayer, because you're afraid? You know, he's just going to laugh. You know, if we can even picture God laughing. Like, do you think, well, if I go and talk to him about this, he's just going to, like, roll his eyes and be, think, that's so ridiculous. Um, or he's going to ignore us. Or he's going to mock you. Uh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, those of you who are parents or maybe grandparents now, um, you know, when your kid or, or grandchild was young and comes to you and, you know, mommy, daddy, um, you know, and just wants to talk to you and ask you things, and maybe they ask you the same thing a million times, but, um, you know, you don't think, come on, grow up. No, I mean, um, you, you, you enjoy that, that relationship. You, you, you find it Annoying when they ask a million times, but when you're able to reflect on it, you find it, um, you, you enjoy the fact that they come to you and depend on you and, and see you as somebody who can meet their needs and uh, comfort them when they're sad and, and so forth. Um, our Father in heaven wants us to come. He wants us to come. And, and when we come, you know, as, as sons and daughters, when we come, He's happy to see us. He's happy to hear from us. He delights in us being there and, and calling on him. Uh, it's, it's as if, I think I have warrant from Scripture to say this, it's as if he's, he says, there's my daughter, there's my son. So glad you came. Tell me, tell me what's on your heart. Tell me what, what's going on. Um, he is eager to give to his kids. Now, I forgot that I had this in my notes. I referenced it earlier, Luke 11, when Jesus is talking about prayer. Uh, Luke 11, 11 through 13, he says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, that was the one I couldn't remember, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So in other words, the child asks for good things, you know, uh, sustenance, fish, egg, food. And, and Jesus is saying, what father would give a child who asks for food some lethal object? Um, you know, a, a poisonous snake that could, could bite or a scorpion that could sting. And, and then Jesus reasons from that, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, um, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, in the sermon today from Romans 5, we're going to talk about a how, the how much more argument, and Jesus uses it here also. If some, you know, Jesus is saying, if, if you who are sinners still show kindness to your own children, how much more God, who is, who is not a sinner, who's perfect, who's full of mercy and compassion. Um, you know, just, it, we have to do some work to, 
to stretch our, our thinking, stretch our souls to recognize God as Father, ourselves as sons or daughters. Because we, we tend to just, oh, no, that's, um, no, he's, he's whatever he is. He's all-powerful, and, and I can't think of him as, as affectionate. I can't think of him as, as near, or I'm sinful, and so he, he can't delight in me. And yet, I mean, Jesus is saying, when you pray, bring these realities into your prayers. The adoption by grace, God is Father, you're standing as, as a son or daughter. So I have another question for you. Um, how would this, how would recognizing this family relationship, this reality that is ours because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, this, this relationship with God as, as father and child, how would that change your prayers? Or how has it changed your prayers? I, I, I'm not assuming none of you have ever thought of this. I know some of you know this very well. Um, how, how could this shape or change your prayers? Or you could speak theoretically of a person if you don't want to share <laughs> personally. I can give you some examples maybe to get you thinking. Okay, Patty. Yeah, Nevin's coming with the mic. So Bunky at home can hear what you say. I don't know. Uh-oh. All right, go ahead. So being a, a mother and a grandmother now, it's like I can really get that, that he's my heavenly father, and I'm not afraid to ask the simple things. So before I thought it had to be the right thing, mm-hmm. you only told me when I pray the will of your father, which is true. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, Lord, I just need you. Yeah, so it encourages you to just be honest, be yourself. I like what you said, it, it, being childlike. Not childish, but but just, I mean, maybe sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, childlike. Yeah. It's not like it needs to be the most eloquent, polished, you know, exalted prayer in the world for God to listen. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I have to think of prayer as almost like a discovery process. Like I go in praying, and I've got some things on my mind, and I pray about them, but as I'm praying, it it just becomes, maybe I'm like, oh, that's not really the real issue here. Let me pray, let me change a little bit. But yeah, uh, to go back to the 
what both Kevin and Patty mentioned about kind of the childlike prayers. And you, you think of, um, again, if, if you're a parent, grandparent, and the little child comes to you and they're all upset about something and, you know, they're, they're crying and just, you know, snot coming out of their nose and hyperventilating and their face is all red and, you know, you sit them maybe in your lap and you're not like, hurry up and get to the point. <laughs> You know, you're trying to soothe them, comfort them, even when they're kind of tripping over their words or, or not really able to tell exactly what's going on. You're, you know, you listen and you, you kind of, you're their parent or grandparent, so you, you probably know a little bit about what's going on anyway, even if they can't articulate it. Um, we can have that kind of, um, that kind of freedom with our Father in heaven. Now, we'll talk next week about how the Lord's Prayer balances both intimacy and and awe. You know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, your name be praised. He's our Father in heaven, which does express some kind of, you know, transcendence. But none of that um, negates the the intimacy, the the relationship, um, the closeness. so I, I think that our fa- you know, recognizing God as our Father, ourselves as His beloved children, um, can really revolutionize our prayers. Spencer, and I think we have the mic back. Um, the the illustration that really hits home with with me in that aspect is that I've thought of, especially after becoming a parent, is there's four people in this world that have 24-7 access to, to me. I have had friends who I've said, hey, you're going through something, give me a call anytime, middle of the night, whatever. But you know, I, I don't have that access with other people, but I could to my own dad. I can, you know, there, he's there 24-7. I mean, it because he's my dad, and same thing with my sons. They can come to me anytime with anything at all, which isn't something that other people have mm-hmm. without permission. And we have that with God. We can go to him at any time with any concern, with any issue, with any problem, with any with anything. It's just he's there like we are there for our kids when, you know, it's it's just that there's a relationship there yeah. that's different. Yeah, what's the saying? There's only one person who can wake the king up at three in the morning and ask for a drink of water, son or a daughter. <laughs> um, all right, so our Father in heaven. Um, there, you know, the reason I only wanted to get that far is I, I wanted to just kind of linger on that that gospel reality of our relationship to God um, before moving on to you know the the various petitions that that Jesus outlines there because I, I do think um, you know many of us struggle to to relate to God that way you know we're we're conscious of our our sins our failures we're, we're conscious of the biblical teaching that God is holy um, and, and yet, you know, we kind of, we're, we're reluctant to embrace what the gospel tells us about God's love, his fatherhood, our standing with him, our relationship to him. And um, 
it's good for us to to linger there and to press in to that reality. Um, let me, as as we begin to wrap up, uh, let me give you some suggestions for using the Lord's Prayer. So I know we haven't covered the whole prayer. I, I'm also aware that most of you, this isn't the first time you've ever heard about the Lord's Prayer. So um, some suggestions for how you might use the Lord's Prayer. Um, one is um, a, f- a phrase a day. So taking um, the you know this kind of model outline prayer, breaking it down into phrases, and letting that phrase kind of guide your prayer for the day, and and maybe not even just your prayers, but your whole you know it's the lens through which you view your day. So for example. Um, this is one way you could break it down. You know, Sunday is our Father in Heaven. And so your prayers that, that day might revolve around that. And uh, Monday, hallowed be your name. Tuesday, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, you know, those are related, so I put them together. Uh, Wednesday, give us our daily bread. Uh, Thursday, forgive our debts. Friday, uh, you know, protect us. Don't, don't lead us into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Saturday, you could use that that conclusion to the prayer, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um, that's one way. You could just use that, not that that's the only thing you pray that day, but it kind of shapes your prayers, guides your prayers for the day. There's other ways you could break that up. Um, so a, a phrase a day. Um, reciting it daily. Remember I said, when Jesus chastises the way pagans pray, he's not saying repetitions in, a, in and of itself bad. Um, uh, but using this prayer, not just as like some incantation, like if I just, you know, um, if I just say this, like magical things will happen. Um, but, you know, maybe reciting it before a, personal, a time of personal prayer, um, just to kind of get you thinking in the right direction praying to my Father in heaven, his name, his glory, his kingdom, my needs, um, um, pardon, protection, so forth. Uh, maybe after a time of personal prayer, um, you recite it just to, um, you know, I've, I've prayed these other things, and I, and I come and pray in Jesus' name this way. Um, I made a point, you know, being a a Christian in a very low church tradition, we kind of miss out on some of the the beauty of, for example, knowing the Lord's Prayer by heart. And so I made a point a, a several years ago, like I'm going to get this thing down. Like I should know this by heart. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I should know this thing by heart, even though I am a Christian in a low church tradition and we don't recite all this stuff or think it has any kind of, you know, special power, but like I've just committed this thing to memory and and I find myself reciting it very often. Um before a prayer time, in the middle of a prayer time, uh sometimes I'm just laying in bed and recite it and it and it gets me praying. Um don't, you know, we've all seen things like the Lord's Prayer misused. And, and, but don't let that um, scare you away from the Lord's Prayer. 
I mean, this this thing is beautiful. <laughs> These words, I mean, just aesthetically, it's beautiful. Um, the truth that it conveys is beautiful, and and this this is a gift. This is something Jesus gave us, and and we should make use of it. So maybe a phrase a day, um, maybe recite it daily. Um, another way that you could use it is uh, using it as an outline for a time of prayer. So, you know, it could be individual prayer. It could be, you know, at your, your community group or, or some other group prayer where you, you kind of break it into phrases again, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then you just kind of expand on that. You, you, uh, you, you think about... What does it mean for God to be Father? What does it mean for his name to be hallowed? We'll talk about that next week. We don't really use that word. When's the last time you used the word hallowed outside of the Lord's Prayer? Hallowed ground, maybe? I don't, I don't know. Um, but, you, you know, you, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then you spend time adoring and praising God for who he is. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, as, as in heaven. And then you kind of pray about, you pray, pray accordingly, and, and so on. You know, give us our daily bread, and so on. And it, um, Matthew Henry, I, I quoted him earlier. He has a book, I believe it's called A Way to Pray. And um, he does some of this, like with the, he does lots of things in the book, but he does this with the Lord's Prayer where he kind of just takes a phrase and then builds, you know, this... Um, it pulls in a bunch of scripture about our Father in heaven, and uh, in some he's kind of modeling it. He's he's not it's not meant to just be repeated verbatim, but you know, using uh, the Lord's prayer as an outline. Um, I do this sometimes when I when I have when I'm doing the scripture reading and prayer. Sometimes the prayer time is just you know it's the Lord's prayer paraphrased basically, um, just because it's so helpful. You know, I talked earlier about one of the difficulties in prayer is getting stuck in a rut. The Lord's Prayer might actually help you get out of that rut because maybe it, there's some, there's some um, priorities in that prayer that maybe don't usually show up in your prayer life or there's ideas and, and subjects in the Lord's Prayer that might be, hey, I don't normally pray about that. And so it can give you, it can inject some uh, freshness into your prayers. Um, so I'm sure there's other other ways you could use the Lord's Prayer. I think those three would get you off to a good start if you choose any of them. Um, I do want to ask uh, if anybody wants to share um, maybe what your, positively what your experience has been with the Lord's Prayer. I know we've all seen it misused, but... Um, if anybody, Elise has got her hand up, and then if anybody else wants to share, be thinking what you want to share. So, first of all, thank you, Ryan, for reminding us all. Um, so, I use that, I have used, really, for years, that paradigm of the Lord's Prayer. You know, going through our Father, not just my Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like ours, going through the whole thing. But then um, I always, I used to always think, okay, I'm going to forget to pray about something. or So then I 
broke up the prayer time so that on Mondays when I pray through the Lord's Prayer, I pray for Phil and I. Hmm. And on Tuesdays, I pray for our extended family. And on Wednesdays, I pray for people who are sort of out of that group, but people I know who really need prayer, like our friend Charlene. Mm -hmm. And Thursdays, I pray about the ministry that I am involved in. And Fridays, I pray for the church. And, you know, like that. Yeah. But that way... I think I used to think if I don't get to everything that day, yeah. then somehow I'm, you know, I'm going to miss it and God yeah. won't do something <laughs> or whatever. So just breaking it up so that it doesn't feel overwhelming and yet knowing those categories of praise and petition for provision and pardon and protection mm -hmm. for the whole week for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's been helpful for me. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. So I might make you next week, you know, I've given you some ways to incorporate the Lord's Prayer into your prayer life. I might ask you next week, have you tried it? <laughs> uh, what was your experience? Um, okay. So, uh, one thing I want to do here, um, well, two things. Um, I want to encourage you maybe if, if you, um, maybe to try one of these methods, you know, of using the Lord's Prayer in your prayer life in the, in the week to come. Um, maybe just try it once <laughs> if you want, keep doing it. Um, and I'd be curious to hear, you know, if, you, if you've given some time to this, uh, what your experience with it was. So, Take that as homework that I won't check on, nor will I won't grade you on it either. And even if I did grade you on it, what does it matter? I don't. There's no power, you know. A, you all get A's. Um, okay. Second thing is I um, the the Lord's Prayer is actually printed on the back on on page four of the handout, and I just want to recite it together. You know, as God's people, as God's children. Uh, reciting the, the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples and said, pray like this. So um, if I would like us to recite it from this. You know, there's uh, different words, you know, depending on which Bible translation was kind of your, your go-to translation. Some of the words might be a little different. Um, so let's just all do the same one. This is from um, the ESV with the, the conclusion, the for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It, I have it there at the end. So, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, let me pray for us. Our Father in heaven, we do uh, pray that your name would be glorified here among us today as we gather to worship in the coming week, as we um, go about our lives as your people in this world. We pray that you would help us um, in our prayers 
to recognize uh, your fatherhood, to, to feel that freedom of access that we have to you through Jesus Christ, and to, um, and to really uh, grow in our prayer life, Lord. Not, not just for the sake of um, checking off a, 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 a task list, but because we need your grace. Uh, we were created to know you, love you, commune with you, and you've given us this access uh, to you through prayer. So, Lord, would you enrich our lives as we come and linger in your presence and bring our, our needs and our, our concerns before you? And uh, would you just flood us with a, an awareness of your love and grace? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.